verse 6. And while you're looking for the scripture, I certainly want to give God thanks tonight. Hallelujah. For the blessing of the fellowship of the saints. Want to recognize our pastor and Mother Geddes in their absence. Certainly want to give God thanks for the quorum of ministers here at the Apostolic Fellowship Church. Everyone within their several places. And, and we certainly give God thanks for our children. And if there are any visitors among us, we are delighted that you're here tonight. And it's our hope that the Lord would minister to you in a very special way. Oh, praise the Lord. Philippians 1 verse 6. Let's read it together. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Gracious Lord, we thank you tonight. We thank you for the blessing of your word. I praise you tonight, Lord, for the opportunity we have, Lord, God, to bask in your presence. Speak, Lord, in no uncertain way. Help us, God, to discern what you're saying. Give clarity, God Almighty, and God, cause your word to meet our needs according to your riches and glory. Have thine own sweet way, we pray, in Jesus Christ's name. Because all God's people say, amen. amen. You may be seated tonight. So I want to give God thanks for my wife, Sister Dorit, and our daughters, Alexandria and Victoria, being with us. Amen. I certainly give God thanks for uh, what the Lord has been doing in our lives. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. From the scripture that was read, Philippians 1 and 6, I want to speak to us as the Lord would enable and afford on this topic. He's going somewhere with this. He's going somewhere with this or God is going somewhere with this. Have you ever seen someone doing something and you scratch your head? In wonderment, wondering what are they doing? You know, it follows no order or any procedure that is familiar with you. In fact, you feel like they are on the verge of causing chaos and ruining what could otherwise have great potential. Uh, have you ever wondered what's going on in your life? Seemingly that God, the Bible says that that the, good, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Amen. But yet still, even the good man, he is being led in directions in his own life that cause him sometimes and those around him to question whether or not God is for him or not. Amen. We have only to look at the life of Job when his friends begin to wonder, you must have sinned. But understanding that God is sovereign and God is in charge, and the fact that we testify of salvation, our salvation ultimately is we are saved to be saved. Understanding then that when we surrendered our life to God, in, inevitably we were saying, God, have your way in us. And because he knows what's best, he takes avenues, he takes roads, and he takes uh, boulevards that we are unfamiliar with. Having us tread in unfamiliar territory. And the normal ones among us will wonder what is God up to. And those after a while become a little anxious and wondering, God, are you with me or not? Oh God, God from glory. But in the journeying of the saints, we are called to walk not by sight, but all we are called to walk by? Walk by faith. We are called to walk by? By faith. 
Uh, have you ever wondered why you are going through what you are going through? Or what good, if any, is what you're in the midst of or you're dealing with in God's prerogative of making you better? It seemed like something that is outside of the realm of sense and common sense. It seemed like it's out of the realm of that which fits or that which pertains to. And you call even your sophisticated maker into question. And sometimes we know so humbly and then submit to God our opinion of a better way to do what it looks like needs to be done. Oh, glory to God. But God is calling us on an adventure. God is calling us to step out of the realm of the known into the unknown. God is calling on you and I to walk by faith. God is calling you and I not knowing where we are going. The Bible tells us in Genesis 12 that the Lord said to Abraham, Come out from your father's house and from your father's country and I'm going to lead you to where? A land that I shall show you. Uh, he, in other words, he doesn't even give him the name. But he says, I'm taking you somewhere. Just step out. Hallelujah. But you've got to understand that even in Abram's situation, he had a family. He had folks he was accountable for. And also he had a father that presumably was hoping that he would, he would step into the realm of responsibility and take over after the father is gone. And now his son is getting ready to step out. I want to let you know that doing and following the instructions and the directions of God calls us to places of unfamiliarity, calls us to places where we have to abandon common sense and walk in God's sense, hallelujah, calling us to step out, hallelujah, on pure trust, hallelujah, and balance ourselves on pure word, hallelujah, walk on water if it's to take you across your Jordan, Walk on the ear, hallelujah, if that is to take you into glory. Whatever it takes, we have got to be ready to do it because God is getting ready for a move. The cloud has left over from the tabernacle and it's calling us for us to follow. Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. We are creatures of habit. And more often we'll go, we're willingly follow in that which is familiar. And if we have an option, we will choose the option that we are more familiar with. Uh, we are most familiar with because we can almost control the scenarios and control the events that will happen. And chances are we are more often than not able to predict what the outcome is going to be. You've got to understand that when David was asked or told by Saul to put on Saul's armor... David refused to take it into battle because it was unfamiliar to him. So familiarity is not necessarily a bad thing, but the point is, is that there will come a time when the Lord is going to call you and I to step into a new day, step into a new a new stratosphere, step into a new dimension, step up into the word of God, begin to suit yourself up with the instructions from glory and walk like you know what you're doing even though you don't. All you got, hallelujah, is that God said, and that's what I'm doing. Anybody ever been there, hallelujah? Let's put our hands together and praise the Lord. Oh, glory to God. The Bible tells us, for as much then, uh, 
in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 says, but, but as it is written, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. And so it is that even the familiar does not truly register what God is calling us to. The best of us cannot still estimate, imagine, or put our arms around what God is calling us to. The Bible tells us in the Old Testament when the children of Israel were getting ready to cross Jordan. And the Bible says that the, they were given instruction that they should, should stand at a place where they can see the priests with the ark as they walk forward to face Jordan. And he said that you need to do that. Don't come too close, but you need to be at a place where you can see so you can walk when it's time to walk. Because we have not been this way before. I've never been to glory before. I have never been saved before. Hallelujah. This is all new to me. Hallelujah. Good God from glory. This is a journey of faith. The Lord is saying, shut up. It's time for you to listen. Shut up, hallelujah. It's time for you to take instruction. The Lord is saying it's time for you to shut down your imagination and begin to listen to my direction. Oh, oh, God, gone from glory. So many of us have opinions, and I do have them too. But the Lord is saying in order for me to do what I'm doing in you, you've got to shut down your thoughts and your opinions and follow my direction. You know, you know what? Sometime I go to the barber, and the barber said, "Don't move now, Hallelujah!" Because he's gonna do some fine-tuned, intricate work on me. Unless I should leave his shop looking like I've been butchered. Oh God, I better sit still and allow him to do what he's doing. Even so, God is working in you. He's working in you and I, and he's bringing, working an intricate plan for your life. Don't move now, because God is about to move in a very delicate zone the hidden dark places of your heart God is getting ready to cut our good God from glory he's releasing the pressure he's releasing the distractions he's releasing the oppressions he's loosing the bondage he's loosing the burdens and it's gonna be an intricate don't don't move now because God is getting ready to cut hallelujah somebody said don't move You've got some things you want to get rid of. <laughs> when, the, when he gets ready to cut, you can't run. You can run with an open wound. Oh my goodness, infections. So we've got to understand that God is going somewhere with this. He's going somewhere with your life. And you know, I have, as I thought about this, when I went to school in first in, in, in preschool, I can remember when I went to preschool, I was given an assignment to draw a picture from the, the rhyme, the nursery rhyme that says, Hey little little, the cat on the fiddle. And as I drew my picture, the teachers looked at it and decided that for some reason, they, they really was taken with my picture. <laughs> and they decided I was ready to be promoted. Somebody said, how do you promote somebody because they drew a picture? 
And the, 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 the wonderment is that I went about drawing my picture, having no clue that I would be judged on the basis of my picture. I went to school that day having no clue that that could be a differentiating day for the rest of my scholastic journey. I had no idea that on that day it was going to be a day of difference. I got up like any other day, got dressed like any other day, but, but preschool, good God, <laughs> preschool, that day was going to be intricately important to my scholastic excelling. I got up and went to school like everybody else, but in that day, I did my work with diligence. What's the point I want to make tonight? Good God Almighty, I want to share with you tonight, oh glory to God, that you've and I are, are being proven by the word of God. There's going to be a promotion. God is going to work an elevation. God is going to do a thing, a new thing in the midst of your life. But are you ready? Hallelujah. He's watching how you'll handle the last one. He entrusted you with a circumstance to show him how much faith you've got in him. He has given you another opportunity to take the same lesson and see if you will pass this time. Hallelujah. But oh, good God, somebody, you can't bluff through this. You and I got to settle down and choose Jesus. Say, so, Lord, I can't stand the pressure, but I refuse to compromise. I'm going to do right by you. Who to tell if that's going to be the moment that you're going to get your breakthrough? I want to find somebody, said the Lord. He says, I go to and fro the earth looking for somebody. Oh, glory to God. Mm. Oh, glory to God. And so it is that God in his own sovereign will... He's working out his purpose. He's working out his plan in our lives. And sometimes yesterday looks like today. And today might look like tomorrow. But don't take it for granted. Hallelujah. We've got to understand that God is doing a progressive work within us. He's bringing us from maturity to maturity. What is maturity today? Tomorrow he's expecting greater from you. Because he's working in you. To perfect that which concerns you. He is working out of you. To allow you capacity to receive. What he is inputting inside of you and I. Somebody says don't quit Lord. Work on me. Glory to God Almighty. Oh glory to God. And so it is that as much as God has called us to walk by faith. But the thing about it is that we have a choice. We can either choose to walk by faith. Or we walk by the familiar. Or we walk by sight. But if God is responsible for the outcome, if God has committed himself to perform it, if God has committed himself to see us through the way, all the way, hallelujah, it remains that even though we have an option, but if God has committed himself to our deliverance, then we should know that that's the only way we ought to take. And we find in our own lives there are times when we took an alternative route. If we would be honest tonight, we have taken alternative routes in our lives. And it has caused us to be repeating the same lesson over and over again. But God is steady working out his plan. I know it don't feel good. And it looks like by this time, hallelujah, things should have been different. Things should have been working out, hallelujah, differently. But you've got to understand that if 
we embrace scripture. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. And to give you an expected end. I want to work out in you a great outcome. Hallelujah. The thoughts I have towards you. Hallelujah. They are for things that are far greater, exceedingly abundantly than you and I could ever imagine or think. God says my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So even when we think we have figured it out, God still has a better way. I know tonight, hallelujah, the familiar is intriguing, but God is saying, it's time for us to come out and step up and get ready for an adventure. God is saying, it's time to put your, your praise boots on, hallelujah, and praise me through all of it. It's time for you to put your spikes away because the spikes have you stuck, hallelujah, and you're resisting because you're now being held by everything that your spike can hold. To put on your running shoes, put on your sneakers, hallelujah, put on your track shoes and let's get it to ready to run because the race is not given to the swift nor the battle to the strong but you still gotta run it's time to get up from the bed of ease and begin to say lord lead me and help me to be willing to follow somebody say glory to god as i thought about this the, the story of the patriarch joseph comes to mind joseph suffered much and joseph might have been wondering God, uh, what are you and where are you taking me? What are you up to and where are you taking me? Joseph had more reasons than few to ask God, where are you taking me and what are you up to? Hallelujah. We look in Joseph's life. The Bible tells us that Joseph's mother died while she was giving birth to his brother Benjamin. And then after Benjamin was given birth to and, 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 and his mom had died, the Bible tells us that Joseph's brother hated him. Hated him just because they discerned that he was the father's favorite son, favorite child. Uh, his brothers hated him because he had been given this coat of many colors. His brothers hated him because he told them of his dream. In that dream where their sheaves bowed down to his sheaves. His brothers hated him again because he dreamt again, oh glory to God, that, that the sun and the moon and the 11 stars bowed down to him, oh glory to God. And then the brothers sold him into slavery, sold him to strangers who were on their way to Egypt. And when he got to Egypt, hallelujah, oh good God, when will, when, when will things change? I can't imagine in our minds, hallelujah, when will we catch a break? Oh, God Almighty, when will things turn around? When will God pick me up and turn me around, plant my feet on higher ground? When is going to give me, God is going to give me a breakthrough? When is God going to change my circumstance? Hallelujah. But Joseph's situation just got deeper. The Bible said he was sold when he got to Egypt to Potiphar. And while he was sold to Potiphar, here comes Potiphar's wife. It's one, to be, one thing to be in a strange country, but if you have common sense, you really don't want to break the law or get in trouble with the keeper of the law. Because Potiphar, he was in charge of the captain. He was the captain of the guards. And so it is that, you know, Joseph countered the cost and decided he was going to be faithful to God. Oh, glory to God. And the Bible tells us that, that he was lied on by Potiphar's, Potiphar's wife accusing him of attempted rape. 
And the Bible lets us know that it didn't stop there. He was put into the prison. And he was put in prison, laboring there for free. And the Bible tells us that after a while, two of the king's servants were placed in the prison. And as they were placed in the prison, the Bible tells us that it happened that they had dreams. And the Bible lets us know that the, the dreams of these men were interpreted by Joseph. And Joseph said to the cupbearer, when you go back before Pharaoh, I want you to intervene for me. I needed to intercede for me. I needed to be my advocate. Hallelujah. But would you know it? Amen. Somebody says he's got bad luck. You got to understand that with the saints, it's not a matter of bad luck or good luck. Well, our steps are ordered by the Lord. God is in charge. I know you don't feel good. I know you don't look good. Hallelujah. But God is sovereign. God is in charge. Is God in charge of anybody's life here tonight? Is God head of your life? Hallelujah. Does God have the reins of anybody's life in here? Somebody show glory to God. Oh, glory to God. But would you know it? That cupbearer forgot. He forgot. <laughs> Jesus. Now, 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 how many of us get work bent out of shape because you miss an appointment? That was out of your control. No, nobody. Nobody, right? How many of us ever got frustrated because you forgot to do something? You got so busy taking care of this and that. And next thing you know, things that were also important to you got missed. And now you, you feel like you're falling behind. How many have ever felt like you've been overlooked? How many have ever felt like God has forgotten you? How many have ever felt like it's time for your promotion, but nobody is there looking at your record? How many have ever felt like, hallelujah, it's time for you to... to be married, hallelujah. And you know, nobody, nobody would ask you. And nobody would say yes. I, I, I mean, how many of you would be real, hallelujah, and strip from, strip from the ideology of, of, of Christian sanity and begin to look and call things like they are? Because God is looking for real people. Because faith, hallelujah, is on the premises of me accepting my circumstance and hear what God has to say about my circumstance. Somebody say glory to God. And so it is that in the Christian's journey, we've got to deal with these things because we've got to understand. You know, I thought about it that if, if I or you were given the option to live the life you're living and work out our salvation or that you live to be a hundred and to be placed on a desert island all by yourself, which would you choose? With the assurance that you're on the desert island and you'd make it to glory. Or you live in the society, experience fellowship and family and all the conveniences that there are in these United States. How many of us would choose to rather be here and work it out? But you've got to understand, saints, that our salvation has nothing to do, has nothing to do with you having a, a, a cell phone or an iPod. It has nothing to do with you having a Ferrari. Uh, how many of us have one? It has nothing to do with us having the white picket fence around our, our white trimmed house. It has nothing to do with all of that. Our salvation has everything to do with this condition of the soul. God died not for the house, but he died for my soul. Somebody shall glory to God. No wonder the writer says, God, hallelujah. Lay your hand on me, Jesus. I don't mind. 
However you choose to do it, just do it. Hallelujah. And you know, I've realized that sometimes we get anxious because we don't trust God. And I'll tell you how. Sometimes we don't trust God because the last time he didn't do it the way we wanted him to do it. And so we say that if I trust him, he's not going to do what I need done over here the way I need to do it. In fact, God, take your hand off of it. I'll fix it. And sometimes we get so frustrated with things not going our way that after a while we wonder, is God for us or not? But I got to let you know that it's not a matter of is God for our agenda. Is God after the salvation of our souls? Because if we would score God basis on the basis of how many times he moved in the direction that we needed him to. That God approved the things we needed him to approve. The Bible tells us in the Old Testament that when the, ch the children of Israel were at the risk of being brought into bondage into Babylon. The Bible lets us know that, that they said to Jeremiah, go and inquire of the Lord. And whatever the Lord said to do, that we will do. But what happened? They had predetermined in their mind that they wanted to go to Egypt. They were, they, they were just looking to see if God was going to approve it. And when God didn't approve it, they said, listen, we're going to do what we want to do anyhow. Hallelujah. But I want to let you know that God is up to something. He is going somewhere with all of this. And when God gets true with you and I, good God Almighty, it might not feel good. It might not feel right. But when God is working out his purpose, you and I can't do any better. You and I can't work out a superior plan. God has begun a good work in you. He who has begun a good work is able to complete it. Good God. You know what? I have some unfinished business in my life. Some things I need God to take it to the next level and to the next level. There are some things I need him to set into order. There are some unfinished business in my life. And I can't afford to mess these up. I need good success because another generation is depending on me. Hallelujah. Good God from glory. I must appeal to the maker of my soul and say, God, I need you to order my steps so that I don't mess up. I don't want to lose. I don't want to fail. I want to be found faithful. I want to be proven faithful with the things that you have entrusted me. So Lord, order my steps in your word. I need you to lead me. I need you to guide me. I need you to hold me. Because sometimes I would get crazy and run to the right or run to the left. So Lord, hold me. Hold me, hallelujah. Because God, uh, sometimes the old nature wants to rise up in me and carry me places I don't have no business to be. So Lord, hold me. Mm. Oh, glory to God. I want to let you know sometimes we need God to hold us. And sometimes you, you, God is holding you and it looks like time is passing and says, God, what's wrong? He's holding you. By this time, things should have been different. He's holding you. Because this season, you, you just need to be held. Because it's either him holding you or you going crazy. Hallelujah. So I'd rather him hold me. 
in the palm of his hand, oh God Almighty. Good God from glory. You and I got to trust God to perfect that which concerns us. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the, the, the car manufacturing industry. But I want to let you know that after a while, all that makes the fine vehicle you and I drive was not ore, original ore taken from, from some mine. Sometimes it's scraps. Sometimes it's all beaten up metal. All cars, they crush it and they apply heat to it. And after they apply heat, it comes down to, to pure liquid metal. And they pour that thing into a, what you call a, a mold. And that which powers the vehicle, that, that engine block, they pour that oil that, 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 that into, they pour it, the liquid metal into the mold. And it sits there until it's formed. Scrap metal gathered that you and I have no use for. They gather it together for free and bring it to the factory and, and, and the foundry and melt it down. Good God Almighty. And now that they're melted, they burnt out all the impurities. Good God Almighty. And they pour it into the mold and make an engine. And they make the parts of the vehicle. Good God Almighty. And as they do that, they put it together and they paint it. And that which was looking like scraps over here is now looking like a, a, a brand new piece of equipment. And they construct that vehicle and put it on the lot and then tell you, you got to pay $40,000 for it. And you can't tell them, you can't tell them that you made these things out of scrap. So take that tag down, hallelujah, and give me the price of the scrap. You can't do that because you weren't there. You weren't there when they were gathering them scraps. You weren't there when they were molding that thing and shaping it. You weren't there, hallelujah. But you come and you see the finished product and it's what you want. God wants to make you and I that finished product, hallelujah. God is looking for scraps. He's looking for failures. He's looking for people who are incomplete. And he's going to gather you and I. And he's going to put us in the foundry. What you're going through, it may feel like it's melting you. You're right. Because God is reducing you to a state that he can use you. Somebody show glory to God. Oh, glory to God. God is melting. Now, I tell you, it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable. And it's a journey. It's a journey. And the best of us, sometimes in the midst of the heat, in the, mess, in the midst of the heat, we get weary. But the Bible tells us that the, 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 the silver simit, after he gets the silver, he sits down by the fire and he holds it in the tongues, in the fire. So he sits, he ain't got no hurry. He sits there and he's not going to be satisfied until he can see his reflection in the liquid silver before he is satisfied that it's pure enough for him to use it. Hallelujah. Because the plans he has for this is to catch a fine price. And in order for him to get the price he needs, it has to stay in the fire long enough, hallelujah, so that it will worth the price tag he puts on it. God is going somewhere with all of this. I know it feels like things are out of whack, but God is working in you. He's working out of 
of you. He's working through you. He good God from glory. And after a while, he puts you on the shelf just to sit a little while so you can cool off. Hallelujah. If he uses you while you're hot, some of you will break. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. The writer says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, said the Lord. I'm not going to lose you. Good God Almighty. Now, now the journey is the part, this, this whole thing, because we understand that God is taking us from earth to glory. Amen. So he has given us the big picture. And we've got to work out our own salvation day to day. But this, this, this journey, the, the psalmist tells us in the shepherd psalm, Psalms 23, he says, he says in verse 23, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. In other words, he's going to cause me to be comfortable and contented sometimes. But then he's going to lead me beside the still waters. So sometimes he, he allows me to, to stay where I am until the, the, the wind and the waves calm down. You know, the Bible tells us that when the Lord delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, the Bible lets us know that he did not allow them to travel in the direction where the Philistines were. Lest they would see war and become scared and run back to Egypt. And so he took them the long route. He took them the long route. You know, can you see where I'm going with this? I mean, God sometimes take you on either long route. So he won't lose you. Sometimes God takes you this way and that. And this way and that because he doesn't want to lose you. Why are you where you are? Sometimes it's because God don't want to lose you. Why does it seem like it takes so long for things to come together? Sometimes it's our own carelessness. But sometimes it's, 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 it's God working out his plan. Because there is a time for our deliverance. And it has to coincide with, with God's plan. Because Pharaoh is going to have a dream. Good God Almighty. Pharaoh is going to have a dream. But before Pharaoh gets his dream, for now God plant my feet. Plant my feet in that holding place. Because, you know, after, after Joseph was lied on, he was in prison. And he was in prison. After he was in prison, he was there for a while. And he told folks, to, to this gentleman, to remember him. And the gentleman forgot about him for two years. During that time, I want to share with you that, that as it pertains to us, you know, spiritualizing that thing or applying it to our lives, is that where God is taking us, in the short run, it is not appealing to the flesh. But sometimes he has to take us through the valley of bones. Because only when he takes us through the valley of bones will we learn how to prophesy over our own life. Only while he takes us through the valley of bones will, he, will we learn how to speak life in our dead situations. While he, he's taking his time and working out his purpose, it, 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 he got to take us sometimes to our Red Seas. Because only when we get to our Red Seas are we going to understand the power of what is in our hand or the power that is in our mouth. 
that we can speak to the things that are not as though they were. You've got to get desperate sometimes, hallelujah, for things to click for you and I to get desperate enough to begin to command the hand of God, hallelujah, to speak a release in the spirit realm, the things that God has promised us, for us to go hand-to-hand combat with the enemy and take authority and take by the things that the devil has stolen from us. Somebody show glory to God. Sometimes he has to take us to our Calvary. Oh, glory to God, because only then will we be able to experience the other dimension of God, where it's not only knowing him in the power of his resurrection, but being able to know him through the fellowship of suffering. Hallelujah. Sometimes he has to take us to a place of waiting, because only in the time of waiting will we develop courage. Only in the time of waiting will we develop patience. Only in the time of waiting will we be able to be strengthened. Oh, glory to God, so we can trust. Trust God and wait on the Lord. Somebody put your hands together and praise the Lord. Somebody said, work on me, Lord. Work on me, Lord. Uh, somebody said, work on me, Lord. Oh, good God. Uh, work on me, Lord. You know, the spacecraft that leaves... Cape Canaveral, if it's going to make it to the moon, it has to be strong enough to withstand the pressure, the ear pressure at a certain altitude. They have to make it so that it can survive the intense heat of the power it generates all by its own to propel itself. In other words, you, it can create so much power that if it was an ordinary craft, it would burn itself up. And so they've got to design it such that it can withstand its own heat that it generates. Mm, mm, mm. And they've got to design it so it can, it can withstand the coldness of being in outer space. Mm, 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 mm. They've got to build it so that it's tight and triple tight. So that when, the, you know, you're traveling faster than the speed of sound. You've you got you to gotta be able to hold on to your parts. You can't lose your mind. You can't lose your limbs. You got to be able to hold on to everything that you need when you get to the next level. Good God. And some of us want to leapfrog an aspect of our development. God is working on us. And I'm calling on us to be patient with God. To trust God in his handiwork. Because when God gets through with you, you're going to be able to leap over a wall. When God gets through with you, they won't understand your praise. When God gets true with you, folks look at you and wonder, who are you? Oh, God Almighty, my dress is the same, my name is the same, but something on the inside has changed. Somebody said, something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. They won't understand the songs you sing. You won't sing songs of puny, songs that are melancholy, songs that are sad, uh, songs that mourn, but you're singing songs of glory, praising the true and living God. Uh, in spite of your circumstances, your conversation, your life, your lifestyle is heavenly. Hallelujah. You're walking in confidence in spite of the things you don't have in this world because your affections are things above and not on things of this world. People will look on you as God works out his plan. When you and I get a hold to what God is doing, we won't walk like ordinary men. We won't live like Gentiles do. 
for now we are the redeemed and we understand that now are we the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be it's only a matter of time when this mortal shall put on immortality I understand some things hallelujah that this dimension has to be sustained by the mortal body that I've been housing but after a while God is going to come back for his church a church without spot or wrinkle or without blemish or any such thing God is going to come back for a people who have been washed in the blood a people who have been set aside in his name a people who have been stirred and delivered from the bondage of sin a people who have been liberated by the blood of Jesus God is coming for a for people a people who bears his name a people who are the redeemed who have been purchased with his own blood who walk upright in holiness God is coming back for a people a people who are bearers of the image of God who have stood the test a people who have gone through the fire a people who have survived the flood a people who have resisted the enemy even unto blood a people who have given themselves to the voice of God and resisting the temptations of the offerings of Pharaoh's table to eat the delicacies of Egypt to eat the things of Egypt but now in spite of all of the offerings that Pharaoh's offers choosing rather to suffer affliction and necessity with the people of God so that we might have a hope for eternity somebody show glory to God this is what we've been called to to live a life of trust trusting God and he's gonna work let him work out of you and I we need God to work out of us the mess that is in us the things that is gonna cause us to fall apart I don't want to have any loose ends going through the fire because I don't want to be consumed I don't want to be destroyed I don't want to find myself lacking the necessities to survive on the next level and so I ask God hallelujah to work on me Work on me, Lord, my attitude. Oh, God Almighty, work on me and my thought life. Why, Lord? Because sometimes I think so negative. Sometimes I think sometimes the way that is ungodly. I want you to work on my mind and cause my mind to be in harmony with your purpose and plan. Hallelujah. The writer says, know my thoughts. Hallelujah. I want God, hallelujah, to be able to inhabit me and know my thoughts and be comfortable with it. Because my thoughts are on things that are edifying. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. And whatsoever things are pure. May he find in my mind the things that edifies hallelujah because God is going somewhere with this he's working out of me and as soon as he shows me the things in me that doesn't please him I want to be willing to let them go I want to be willing to let them go because if they're going to hamper my progress if they're going to stifle my completion if they're going to hinder my perfection in Christ then Lord give me the courage and willingness to let them go. Hallelujah. It's time for us to surrender ourselves to the will of God. As he works out of us the things that are not of him. I want him to work on me. You and I need him to work on us. That we can outlast the enemy. We need God to work on us. Where the, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. And the pride of life won't be always dictating our every decision and our every move I want him to carve out of me the things that are not like God and create in me a clean heart hallelujah the Bible says only them that endure to the end shall be saved 
Anybody here desire to be saved tonight? Anybody here desire to be saved? The Lord is coming back for a church. And he's steady working on us. Jo Joseph's years of struggle, they were not in vain. Joseph's years of struggle were not in vain. Now, God is not looking to make you and I Josephs or Josephines. God is not looking to create a clone of an Old Testament character or even a New Testament character or even anybody else in the church. God is looking to perfect you. He's looking to perfect you based on the plan he has for your life. Oh, glory to God. Your prison might be different from my prison. But there is a journey from prison and the bondage of the mind to be liberated, to be able to walk in the palace of the king. We need to be a willing, hallelujah, to allow God to finish what he's doing, hallelujah, so he can take us from spiritual poverty to be able to walk in the wealth and the confidence of belonging and owning what God has endowed us. God is not looking to make you Joseph. He's not looking to make you Josephine. He's looking to make you that new creature. For all things are passed away. Behold, all things are come new. Can you see yourself surrendering to the plan of God? Lord, I don't know where the next step is going to take me. But God, I want to be found in your will. I want to be saved. Anybody has desire to be saved tonight? Anybody desire to be saved? We started this way to make it to glory. It's not yet, even in this moment. It's not right this moment. I don't know what the next moment holds. It could be on our way going home that the Lord shows up. The heavens open. Mortal put on immortality. Corruption put on incorruption. It could happen on our way home. I am inviting us tonight to embrace the will of God. There are some of us tonight who are traveling with anxiety. Anxiety about what's going to happen next. What's going to happen next? God, what's going to happen with my life? And we get so preoccupied with the carnal world to the point where we forget that we are only pilgrims. I am not saying that we should not strive to progress in this world. What I'm saying is we need to make priority our readiness to go back with the Lord when he comes. I don't want to be left behind. I don't want to be left behind. I have ideas about how my life should be. But I don't want to usurp the authority and the knowledge of God. I don't want to override God's direction because I think I have a better idea. They say that hindsight is 2020. And I submit to you that hindsight is not perfect. It's not perfect vision. Because what hindsight does. It shows you what could have been based on a decision. What it doesn't tell you is that if there was a third option, what would have been 
the results. Or a second option. Because what it assumes is that everything would remain status quo. But you know that if you were born a different country, if you were born in a different circumstance, your life would be different. So I submit to you that even hindsight is not perfect. We can't rely on that. We've got to look to the sight of God. What he sees that we don't see, we're called to trust him. We're called to, be, we're called to walk by faith. And finally tonight, we need to see ourselves coming out all right. We need to catch a vision of what God is doing. He is bringing us to perfection. Catch a glimpse. The Bible talks about John sawing a number no man could number. He saw the redeemed. And I submit to you tonight, see yourself among the redeemed in glory. And whatever it takes to get there, because I tell you, if I offered you a million dollars for the Holy Ghost in you, don't sell it to me. If it could be bought. Because Simon tried and he realized it couldn't be. The point I'm making is there are things that the enemy is going to use to press you and I button to find out our vulnerabilities. He doesn't know where you're vulnerable, but he keeps on pressing buttons. And after a while, he's going to find one that, you've, that flares up. And you and I got to know that he's going to ride that one until we get some help with it. Or until he breaks you down. Until he breaks you down. He finds your area of weakness. See yourself walking in victory. Living a victorious life. See yourself living constantly in a breakthrough realm. Hallelujah. And even if things aren't going the way you think they should. I want you to see that as God having you in a holding place. There is no safer place than being in the will of God. And if the will of God for this season of your life is to have you in a holding place, rejoice. Because at least he has you. At least he has you. Finally, he who has begun a good work in you. He is able to complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Let's put our hands together tonight. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I'm, it's my prayer tonight that the Lord had spoken to your heart and given you some awareness of your circumstance. And while this message is not for everyone, because sometimes by virtue of where we are, we are not there because God has us there. We are there because we chose to be there. And God is looking for us to turn back to him. That's the word for that individual. To return to God and walk the walk of faith. Walk the walk of faith. 
and for those who are getting weary. I call you to be encouraged tonight. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. Look at the person beside you and say, be encouraged. Hallelujah. 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 Invite us to bow our heads right where we are. Gracious Lord Jesus, we thank you. We honor you tonight.